Ladies and gentlemen, you can hear the music of the great, the famous wrestler, The Big Show, because it is today on the NPL Victoria pod with Nick DeBano and Lockie Flanagan joining you as we do every week. It is a big show. It's a big, It's the big show. show. I'm sorry. It's as big as we've ever seen on the NPL Victoria podcast. I'm sorry. It is. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. A huge, huge addition of the NPL Victoria podcast with ramifications in both the present day and in the past. As last night, we had to push our show back to Wednesday just so we could cover this in because Avondale have missed out on the chance to take out their bespoke one-off 2021 Premiership solution going down 2-1 to the Port Melbourne Sharks, which means, Nick DeBarno, that there was dancing in the streets of Oakley. There were fireworks going on at Jack Edwards Reserve. There was an open-top bus parade doing laps around Nikos Quality Cakes because Oakley Cannons were awarded the 2021 Premiership. And if that's not enough for you, good folks at home, we had a managerial sacking. Mm -hmm. We've got the NPL 3 title race going right down to the wire between the Preston Lions and Melbourne City. And we've got points deductions in the NPL2 that have blown the promotion race points wi- and the relegation and the, playoff race yeah. wide open. There is a lot is it, to get to before we get to our points uh, deductions, but it's points additions and points additions well. too. Yes. So it's not just a one way street. It is everything going on at the moment, Lockie. And I mean, the, the ramifications of as well, the, the results in the last two nights between Bentley and Oakley and Avondale and Port Melbourne have blown the playoff race well and truly open the finals. It's uh, it's booming right now. Like it, it, business is booming, and we haven't even mentioned uh, Jonathan Bunis's outrageous, yes. outrageous brace the, for, the, for Northcote City. The big Idiot, like we, we do not, we only bring the big show theme music out on very special occasions, only when it's warranted on Football Nation Radio. And, and I, I, I dare say, Nick, that in all my years of bringing shows out on this platform, there has not been a more appropriate use of the big show. Yeah. Uh, entrance Titantron music than this very show. And may I add, Lockie, as well, we're, we're, we're covering a bit of the lead here. We're, we're actually, no, we're burying the lead a little bit. Oh, I've got a bit of headphones problems there, Lockie. Uh, but we had a game postponed because of a, it was literally a sandpit in the middle of the pitch at Churchill Reserve mm. as well. So it, it's all been happening this weekend. But let, let's start off with last night. I mean, up at Valley Park Event Centre, Avondale 1, Port Melbourne 2, for we spoke about, I guess, the 2021 ramifications and what it means, how Oakley have snatched the bespoke, you know, beholden 2021 premiership that was supposed to go to Avondale, but it has thrown a massive spanner in the works of the now. The way that I sort of th- thought about it was MPL Victoria days of future past. It affected the past, but it also affects the future because the results in that game, not only handed Oakley the 2021 premiership, but it cuts the gap really as much as it's a good thing for Oakley. It's also a bad thing because Port Melbourne are now only a point behind Oakley in the race for the week off in the, to get a top two spot. And Mm. Avondale, not only did they not win the 2021 premiership, Lockie, 
they're out of the top six with three games to go. And that would be – they would be outside the top six for the first time in quite some time. Yes. And it just goes – look, it just goes to show you how close the race is between Gully, Avondale, Bentley Greens, Heidelberg at the moment that if Avondale won that game last night against the Port Melbourne Sharks, they would have been in fourth. Mm. Now they've dropped four, pretty much four, because they started the weekend in fourth. They've dropped pretty much four positions down into yeah. into seventh. Well, they haven't missed finals, Lockie, since 2016. So they've made the finals every year since then. And interestingly, on the other side of the coin, this was Port Melbourne's first win over Avondale since the 23rd of June, 2018. They got wow. a 1-0 win over Avondale at, I think, at SS Anderson Reserve. And you know what, Nick? When was the last season the Sharkies made the finals? Same season. 2018. I'm not yes. going to mention who knocked them out of the finals because well, it might, may or may not yes. have been Avondale. But, but. A, a good omen, a sign of things to come because the Sharkies undoubtedly will be playing finals football. That is not a question. But the question is, uh, are they going to get a week break during that? Could well, they make the top two? They're only a point behind Lockheed and they're getting points on the board. Like, I mean, there's three games to go. They have wrapped up a final spot, as you mentioned. It's now mathematically impossible for them to drop out. So they do join Oakley and South Melbourne as the teams who have at least locked in a place in the postseason. But they give themselves every chance of being able to snatch a top two spot. But Lockheed, they've got a massive game this weekend against South Melbourne. They're looking to push the 2022 premiership race out or just extend the inevitable at least for another week. But um, I mean, that's a massive result for them for Adam Pittick's side. Second best defense in the league this year, got the two nil lead early, put the game away. Great finish from Courtney Perkins really to wrap it all up. Lockie, you were there um, for Avondale right now, fresh off, obviously winning in the Australia cup last week in a game they were expected to win against Mindel Aces. Mm. What went so wrong last night? I'm not sure. Not sure necessarily, at least to start the game, if it was a, such a case of things going so wrong for Avondale so much as it was things going so right for for Port Melbourne because I thought that they were absolutely brilliant to start this game. Now, the caveat is there was always that big question around Avondale having made that trip to the Northern Territory, having to play in what were pretty hot and humid conditions up there. Yes, they won the game comfortably in mm-hmm. the end, but, you know, still that travel factor, not something that sides at, at the semi-professional level have to deal with too often. And the two sides that did travel, we'll talk about Oakley later, both registered losses. I'm not sure, I'm not 100% sure that that's a coincidence because I have to say Avondale did look a little bit, even from the kickoff of this game, maybe, maybe a slight bit fatigued. But mm. the reason was... Well, part of the reason was Port Melbourne were pressing Avondale so, so intensely throughout the opening half of this game. Just constant, constant. They they picked up so many turnovers high up the pitch, basically in Avondale's defensive third, like that high up because of how quickly they were getting two or three numbers to every single first touch. Like you could tell how fired up they were for this game. Chris Duggan was really leading the press, uh, dropping off the line, playing in other teammates. And then eventually they did find the breakthrough. And what a breakthrough it was. I mean, Luca Tavia, his sixth goal of the season. And, and a player who I think I was sort of saying on the call with Joey last night, who I think really exemplifies the way or the the how good of a job Adam Pittick has done and the way he's built this side sort of year on year on year to get them towards the finals place. Because he's a player in Luca Tavia that, 
you know, is one of a number of examples of, I think, pretty good talent ID mm. from Adam Pittick because, yes, Luca Tavir does have a history of playing with the with the city with the city youth side, so he's an academy product. He has had that A-League level interest before. But this time a year ago, I mean, season was cancelled, but this time a year ago he was playing for Northcote in the NPL 2. Now, mind you, playing well for Northcote in the NPL 2, but when you're signing players from that second competition and getting them up into the top flight, absolutely no guarantee that they are going to play well, let alone play as well as Luca Tafir has done. But clearly Adam Pittick has identified some of the skills that he's got and um, really made him into a top, top class player. Six goals for him uh, this season. The opening goal, it was a, a class finish. He could have, he had the ball played to him on the edge of the box and he could very easily have just sort of fired away a first-time shot, but he recognised the presence of a defender nearby. I think it was Scott Hillier. Checked inside, shifted the ball back onto his preferred foot and then a great finish past yeah. Tom Yonkman who had no response. And I do think that he exemplifies, yeah, the way in which Adam Piddick has been able to find value and help to build this squad and really fly Port Melbourne under the radar because they've been third for a long time now. But yeah. I don't think enough people have necessarily given them the credit that they're due to yeah, be packed, exactly to be perfectly right. honest. And yeah. Avondale, on the other hand, uh, for all the good work that, that Port Melbourne did in a pressing sense, Avondale just looked so disjointed. Like the comparison or the, the contrast could not have been more stark. Port Melbourne, when they were winning the ball back, there was always a runner nearby. There was always someone to play a bounce pass to if a player received with back to goal. Like they were working as such a unit. Whereas Avondale, the amount of times Joey and I during the game remarked that Liam Boland was a good 10, 15 metres away from his front line was was quite quite remarkable. Mm. I mean, Avondale are a side who over the last few seasons haven't really changed too much. They've added f- a few pieces here and there. They've brought a few players in and out. But for the most part, the core of this team, who, let's not forget, one of the reasons they're in the situation they're in is because they have been ravaged by injury and illness this season. Only three players have played more than 20 times in the campaign, and a lot of those players are key players through the spine who have missed minimum three mm. games this year. Um it is remarkable to see a team who have kept that course so consistently look as disjointed as they did. They could barely string a pass together in this game. Uh, they went into the halftime. I would love to have been a fly on the wall for Zoran Markovsky's halftime mm. team talk. I'll tell you who I wouldn't have liked to be, a player, because I think it would have been a frosty one. Oh, absolutely. A frosty one. Anyway, they came back out of the second half. They looked a little bit more re-energized, but then they were given a massive, massive route back into the contest. Uh, it was George Mells given a straight red card for just a really bad sort of studs into mm. the midriff. Uh, of Yusuf Ahmed, and it was a, it was a, from my angle at least, a, a, a very, a justified red card, and as you would expect, Avondale begin to dominate the ball, and you, you kind of thought then, well, Port Melbourne maybe for all their dominance in the first half, perhaps deserved a second goal, and it might come, you know, the fact that they didn't get it might come back to haunt them with Avondale playing a good thirty minutes with an extra man, but Avondale. Port Melbourne did a great job of getting into defensive shape. Obviously, mm. all their press work had to go out the window because you can't press with a man down. It literally just doesn't work. They held their defensive shape, and while Avondale controlled the ball, they didn't get a lot of really high-quality looks. And then 
I mean, down the other end, the second goal comes for Port Melbourne. An incredible goal, really, in the context of the game. Like mm. The perfect counter-attacking move. Josh Wilkins, who, again, is another player who's just been added into this squad that's been building season on season for Port and has been brilliant this year, just picks out Jackson Courtney Perkins, this wonderful ball over mm. the top. Courtney Perkins takes it in his stride, has a lot of work to do when he receives the ball on the edge of the box. And it would have been so easy in that moment for someone to blaze away, try and hit it at the near post with the left left boot. But he cuts back onto his right, finds the bottom right corner, and pretty much from there, while Avondale did eventually get a goal back through Liam Boland, Port Melbourne had the game wrapped up. Yeah, They had two different game plans to play. One was by intention. The other one was as a result of circumstance. And I think on both occasions, Port played it absolutely perfectly. They were so, so good in this game. And rightly so, Adam Pittick was fist pumping when the second goal went in, fist pumping at full time. Absolutely deserved it. The second goal, yeah, it was a sucker punch, but this is, this is what yeah. happens. And Avondale will be left to rue the cost of that defeat both in last season and potentially there is still games left to play in what remains of this season. But, yeah, big test for Port this week because I think if there's one sort of critique you could make of them is that they have maybe not done quite as well as they would have liked against the sides above them at mm-hmm. the moment, who are the sides they're probably going to need to beat if they want to get anything more than well, where they currently are because – Oakley swept them aside pretty easily a few weeks ago at JL Murphy and South Melbourne did something similar at Lakeside. Yeah. Well, they do play each other on Saturday at 5.30, which could be, by any stretch, if things work out, yeah. this could be a grand final preview. Yeah. Well, that's um, that's what I mean. Like, that yeah, you would absolutely. want a response absolutely. in this game after the form that you're taking. I will say, though, it. coming off a very short turnaround, four days for both themselves and Avondale, I would think they're both quite vulnerable because South Melbourne... Uh, played all the way back in Saturday. They'll get a full week rest, while Port Melbourne, on the well, other hand, will only get the four days. Avondale, on the other hand, as well, coming will we'll get a, we'll only get a four day break when they play Dandy City away. Yeah, and this the, this sorry, but the beauty of this for Avondale, and this is something Avondale fans should keep in mind because of the way the fixture works next week. No matter what happens, if they do beat Dandy City, they will be back inside the top six because Green Gully and Heidelberg play. And it's guaranteed that, well, one of those sides is going to drop points, points, if not both. So they do have a superior goal difference Mm. to Gully and Heidelberg as well. So if that game ends as a draw, they'll be at least in fifth. And Nick, how good does that make the end of the season? Because we pretty much, the next fortnight, we almost have a play-in tournament going on. Because this Sunday, Gully are taking on Heidelberg United at Olympic Village. Mm. The week after that, uh, Avondale have got Dandenong City this week, as you mentioned. Not an easy game. No. Because Dandenong City took points off them earlier this season and they are fighting for their life yep. uh, in the competition. So they will make themselves very mm-hmm. hard to beat. But the week after that, Avondale play Heidelberg. Yes, they if do. If Heidelberg lose both those games, finals are done. Yeah, and then they play Avondale have got South, South Melbourne South Melbourne on the, the final day. Game. And let's not, let's not forget, South Melbourne will, just that, And they will, whether they've wrapped up the premiership or not, they will want, if they have a chance to make sure Avondale don't make the finals, they oh, will yeah. absolutely be oh, going yeah. hell for leather and in that game. One thing to keep in mind as well, Avondale still have to play their Australia Cup round of 16 mm. game interspersed yes. in here as well, as does Bentley, as does Oakley, as does potentially Green Gully and Heidelberg if they do win tonight. Yeah. Um, just on that, in terms of Avondale versus Dandy City, that, that is going to be a big game on Saturday at 4.45. We'll, we'll go into that game 
and preview that a little bit later. But Dandy City as well, of course, obviously two points off the pace. Um, yeah, let's move to Monday night, Lockie. Let's talk about the other huge game in terms of final shaping contest between two teams yeah. who had a good week last week because they both, you know, got through to the round of 16 in the Australia Cup. Bentley Greens taking on Oakley. Bentley 3-2 winners there in some good form right now, hitting their straps at the right point of the season. While Oakley now, two losses in a row in the league against South Melbourne and against Bentley Greens. Both of those coming now on the road. They haven't been at Jack Edwards Reserve now in quite some time. They do return to their home comforts on Friday. But they were made to work for it. I'll tell you what, and Bentley were sensational on Monday. Lockie was lucky enough to be there for that I game. I was lucky enough to listen to you. Mate. Uh, thank you very much. I do appreciate that very much. Uh, that, that, that's very nice of you, mate. I, I appreciate that. This was a very good game. Very fun I'm game. Just, these are the things when you work in radio. These are the things you say to keep yeah, your co-host. Exactly. Maintain a harmonious room. Exactly. Even if you don't mean it, these are the, just the things that you yeah, say. Yeah, I know. We'll, just, just keep yeah, your we'll, co-host stuffing we'll, about. If you too. Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, down at Kingston Heath, Monday night. Good turnout for a Monday night, I thought, between obviously two teams, quite a geographical rivalry in Melbourne Southeast, um, considering yeah. two proud Greek clubs down in the in that pocket of, uh, well, Greek and Cypriot. Cypriot. Yes, yes, I know, I know. I had to make sure get that correct. Um, <laughs> but yes, Bentley and Oakley. Obviously, Bentley shot out to that fast lead through Lucas Derrick. Um, Ajak Riak was sensational, I thought, yeah. all game, but a really good assist to set it up for Lucas Derrick. Bentley came out of the blocks and really spooked Oakley, it looks like, and that defense, which I've got to say about in Oakley's defense and about their defense, literally the defense of their defense, yeah. they defended as well as they could considering the injuries they had. Now, they only had one fit center back in Aaron Williams, who is not the tallest of center backs going against yeah. Ajak Riak. Oliver Kubelay filled in at center back. Mario Barcia started in midfield. For the whole game, they defended with like some of the challenges, especially in the second half that they were making on Riak, on Derek, on um, on Peyton Andrews, um, you know, every time that Bentley Greens would break forward, they were desperate. They made some huge challenges because Bentley off the break were very, very dangerous, and Oakley looked like they were going to concede in bucket loads. But in the second half, I mean, Oakley were able to gain a bit of an ascendancy towards the start at the end of the second half when Joe Knowles was able to get involved. It was good they'll actually have him back in a league, I guess, a league setting after, you know, not playing in South Melbourne and getting him back for the Australia Cup. Um, you know, Corey Sewell then straight after halftime, what a goal that was. I've got to say, like, that volley was just sensational. And you don't see Corey Sewell scoring too often. Um, whenever I think about Corey Sewell, he probably doesn't want to be reminded of this. It does remind me of back his time at Bulleen when um, he used to have the he used to have the sideshow Bob, Bob yeah. um, Afro and he scored a famous own goal against Avondale at the Venator Club, and he just basically kicked it into his own net when he tried to clear it. Uh, and there was a famous, uh, you know, meme that went around on MPL Victoria memes, which uh, I have a bit of a chuckle about now. But he did, it, obviously, brilliant goal, got it to 2-0. Uh, Mario Barcia pulled one back. Another really nice finish from outside the box to get Oakley back in it. But the moment of the game, Lockie, for me, was Christian Cavallo. Uh, he's 23 mm. minutes, 22, well, 22 minutes plus added time. Returned to league football, coming off the bench and scoring the third. He was all action, energy everywhere. Great scene back after 16 months on the sidelines. Obviously signed from Dandy City where he was last year and he had that sickening knee injury. Great to see him back and great to see him scoring. Then, of course, you know, Joe Guest pulling one back late. But Bentley, as a whole, very, very, very good performance. Uh, Ken Kraliki Lockie, we're talking about him so highly 
on the Twitter spaces last, last week after he scored the winner against Broadmeadow. He was sensational. Just all action, energizer bunny in the middle of the park, nonstop running, um, along with Danny Kim and Tom Strickland. They were great all game. Uh, Chris Drewster's got a rare start. But his first start, I believe, now since returning to Bentley, or his second? No, I think he started last week as well against Andy Thunder. Okay. All right. Stand correct. But he was still he good. Was, obviously, he was cup-tied in the Australia Cup as well, so yes. he wasn't able to play. But he was getting stuck into um, into Anthony Pantasopoulos on that far side the entire game. They had a nice little war going on. Um, Painter Andrews was obviously rested. But in the end, um, big win for Bentley. Oakley's defense for me, though. Now, they should be getting some players, well, at least one player back before finals in Oscar Dillon from a hamstring injury, but they don't have Jacob Aliopoulos. They won't have Hamish Miller back in time as well. Oh. And Oliver Cooper, well, Hamish Miller is still a bit of a 50-50, but leaning Touching towards more unlikely. I think it will depend on how deep they can go in finals. But defensively, especially playing off the break, they were very, very easy to cut through. Um, if it wasn't for those desperate challenges from Williams and Kubelay, it could have been a lot, lot worse. So for Oakley, it's back to the drawing board. I mean, going forward, they still looked really good. They looked really dangerous. They forced some good saves out of Pierce Clark. But at the end of the day, I mean, Bentley just, their working transition was sensational all game. And that midfield was just ticking over. Um, for me, another question mark, I think, of Chris Taylor's side is the lack of squad rotation. And I think it's going yeah, to catch up was, with them. That was the question. Well, uh, that yeah. was the question I was going to ask you. Are we already seeing it catch up with them now? Because as I said, we saw Avondale come back from their away trip in the Australia Cup. And while it was a comfortable victory for them, they looked worse for the travel, potentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only it's only one round of the Australia Cup. But, uh, you know, obviously both these sides played. One played away, one didn't. One looked maybe slightly off colour. The other, the other didn't. Yeah. But like, it's it's fascinating because you looked at that bench at the start of the season for Oakley, and it was, while not quite as good as South Melbourne's bench, like it was still there was well, still some serious. I mean, Chris Lucas, Nick Nyagorian, Scott Lockhead, they had the start of the yeah. season. Yeah, and then yeah. the rotation between someone like a uh, Decker, or Daniel sure. Clark. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was there was some serious serious assets on there but that's you know that has kind of fallen away just a little bit with all of these injuries with some departures i'm actually surprised that chris taylor didn't try ryan losty at central yeah he didn't even come on in central defense for this game because we know that in his time at the eastern lions he played pretty much every position except for goalkeeper but quite a few times in the center of defense i'm I wouldn't be shocked maybe this week against the melbourne knights if that's something that chris taylor experiments with but we know that Chris Taylor and the word experiment don't necessarily go along or get along very well with one another. Yeah. So it, it's a difficult it's a difficult problem for Chris Taylor to fix because, yeah. A, injuries are not necessarily an easy fix for, other than sort of praying for someone to recover faster. Mm. But he's got to make some sort of change. He's got to figure out a new balance because he doesn't have any other option. And what yeah. is he going to do that will go some way to deciding how they will... We'll see out this season. But, yeah, great result for, for Bentley and a lot of players ticking into to pretty nice mm. form at the right time of the season. And, as you said, to, to see Christian Cavallo come back and score his goal, he could be just a real asset for yeah, them at absolutely. the end of this season. It's like a mid-season signing for him. He's just been on their books quietly for the entire time that we just didn't really were aware of. I mean, he was playing under-23 football. 
Uh, he's slowly worked his way back, and it's great to see him back out there and just playing, which is just sensational. Mm. Um, obviously, Bentley as well with, were without Ben Carrigan, so George Lambatoridis played at the heart of the fence. He was good alongside Jack Webster. Jack Webster, just sensational all game. I mean, nothing new from him in terms of what he can do, and, and he set up the goal. Well, it was he played almost the hockey assist at Jack Reak that got the ball into to Lucas Derrick for the opener. So good signs for Bentley as they go to Paisley Park on Saturday night against Altona, a game they'll certainly fancy themselves in against an Altona team that aren't winning or getting anything at the moment, while Oakley Friday night football against Melbourne Knights. So that's a good segue, Lockie, because let's talk about Melbourne Knights. News coming out of the club yesterday, a bunch of resignations last night headlines by their coach Steve Bebich uh, a sign of a bit of a um a bit of a oh, trying to think of the right word here Lockie a bit of turnover in the offseason a bit of a rebuild almost with a, some fresh eyes coming in because it's not just him going it's the assistant coaches director of football no, t- team, team manager, team manager yeah, sorry so they've they've, they've obviously you know cleaned out the coaching stuff what's well, been mm. a bit of a I mean it's been resignations but Melbourne Knights, I mean, after losing against Andy Thunder on Friday night, a heartbreaking loss for them in the last minutes with the last second penalty. But, I mean, the writing's been on the wall now for Steve Babbage. We spoke about it a few weeks ago, but he's departed. Um, and now Melbourne Knights go into an off-season where they've got to start asking questions about, you know, who takes over. Can they get back to their former glory? Because Melbourne Knights not being in the finals, Lockie. Quite a disappointing year. Yet they have missed for them. the final. Well, in in all of the years of the NPL Victoria, they have missed the finals more often than not. I think they're which is only, pretty crazy. I, I don't think they made finals since. It might have to get you to double I'll, check. I'll this actually one for get me, this but up I don't think they've right made now. the finals since twenty fifteen. I think, which was the year that they won the Doherty Cup. It might even have been twenty fourteen. Yep, no, no. It, yep, twenty fifteen was the last year they made finals. Actually, no, sorry, twenty seventeen. No, that's a promotion relegation playoff. Yeah. Yep, 2015. Against, uh, against City. And since then, they have not finished higher than ninth in a full season completed because yeah. last year they finished eighth yeah. in a suspended and season. And look, Nick, you talk about you talk about a rebuild, but are they going to even have that chance? Because let's not forget, we, we still are a chance of having a national second division mm. in this country. Melbourne Knights will feel given their historical stature, that they are at the front of the queue. But you have to be honest, their actual performances, and in many cases this year, and I have been to a few Knights games this season, and look, fans are allowed to vote with their feet. I can understand that. But if you're trying to put a down payment in to make your case for a national second division rather than just expecting to walk in, they haven't really made an amazing case this year. I mean, you can can compare them with the other three most likely sides in Heidelberg, Preston and South Melbourne. Well, South Melbourne haven't necessarily had the crowds quite in the way they would have wanted, but they're getting the results. They're clearly showing that improved performance as they look to push for that sort of thing. Preston have had the results, albeit in the MPL 3, but they've certainly had the crowds. And I think Heidelberg have done okay in terms of crowd numbers this season, and they've certainly built. They're probably going to be a finals team. Yeah. They've been, look, put it this way, they've been much better than their competitors in Knights, and they have signed also as well, Heidelberg, some serious players that are capable of taking that step up. So what kind of rebuild or steps forward are involved for the Melbourne Knights here very much depend on what their actual be it national or state-level future even looks like. Mm. But in terms of this managerial change in the context of the game, it kind of felt like another familiar story 
for Melbourne Knights. And maybe one of the reasons that this decision has taken so long to come to pass, despite the continued malaise of Melbourne Knights this season, is because it was another game where Melbourne Knights were sort of in it. They weren't playing all that badly. They just weren't playing really well. And they and they went behind. They got back into the, the contest mm. late. Dylan Manane scoring a goal in the 84th minute before they give away. Taylor Shrivers gives away a silly penalty, and I've praised him quite a lot since he's come in, but he got the decision to make the slide tackle there wrong. I think he could have stood his ground, and then Dennis Yildiz scores that 90th minute winner from the spot. But they were in the game throughout. They weren't playing badly. They yeah. just didn't play incredibly, and they haven't played incredibly all season. And so a lot of the, the times when teams they've been in close contests with have been able to pull results out of the bag, they haven't really. The only time they were really able to do that was against South Melbourne when John Albano pretty much put the team on his shoulders. And yeah. even in that game, they were second best by a country mile. So I think maybe that's why this decision has taken so long to happen because there has clearly been signs that they're not a million miles away, mm. but you can't just keep on... You can only hold on to a manager for such a long time for reasons of, of promise. At some point along the line, they have to start delivering results. And unfortunately for Steve Bebich, who is still a manager that I think can achieve something, can be a good ma- like a, a you know, play at a decent mm. or manager at a decent level, um, he wasn't able to to deliver that. Maybe the job was, uh, as Josh was musing to us earlier today, Josh Parrish, I should say, uh, Mr. Preston himself, uh, maybe this was a, a a big job for him slightly too soon, but yeah, Potentially, yeah. I think to be honest, you have to say that this is the right call. Melbourne Knights, whether the timing of it is right or not, it's the right call because you know he's obviously been involved in the building of this squad, and I do think some of the players that have come in this season haven't really haven't really delivered, particularly in midfield. Like I've I. I have struggled to work out what it is that Melbourne Knights mm. are trying to do when they have the ball in possession, the balance of their midfield. They've been lacking really an out-and-out sort of 10 presence in that area all season. They just have a seem to be insistent on playing like a, a trio of, of pretty nondescript number sixes with Anthony mm. Duzell there who can create something but often playing quite deep. It just it never feels like after a promising few games to start the year that Bebic was ever able to figure out those issues. And the biggest problem is they were with players that he was involved in bringing in. So, yeah, some real, real serious soul-searching mm. uh, going into this offseason. Big question marks. For, for Melbourne Knights. I'll be interested to see how uh, interim head coach Ben Shuri goes to see out the season, but also the the, the departure of... Um, Mark Ivkovic is huge as well because he was team manager at Melbourne Knights for quite some time. So that's a that's a significant mm. departure. And I, I really I, I don't know with the Knights. I, I, I don't know. I really like I really like Knights. On and off the on and off the pitch. There's a lot of good things about this football club, but they need more. They do. Their fans need more. They're not just if saying they're going they... yeah, if they're going to be a national club again. They need to deliver more than they show. And they can't just take their historical st- stature for granted because it's not going to be enough. Yeah, exactly. Like, at the end of the day, you've got to start getting results on the board. It's been too many years of mediocrity, to put it bluntly. And hopefully, from here, it's only going to, I guess, go up from here because it's been a tough, tough few years for Melbourne Knights. So, 
They have four more games remaining. They take on Oakley away on Friday. Dandy Thunder, on the other hand, Lockie, good win for them. They stay in the hunt. Still a mathematical chance, Still in a chance, and they've still got that very, very handy run home, taking on St. Albans this week. It's a big win for them. They're seven points outside with three games to go. It's going to take something special, but... With teams playing each other inside that little race. Taking points off each other. You never know. Shame. You never know what, what could happen along the way. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on as the weeks roll on. Lockie, just running through some of the other games this weekend, uh, because obviously we had a game postponed between Eastern Lions and St. Albans, which I guess, you know, that game will be played in the catch-up round the cut in next week. Yeah, um, so, so that'll be... On the Friday second, night, the what? same... It'll be on the 5th. It's already locked in on the 5th of August against Eastern Lions. The same night Melbourne Knights play Green Gully in that rescheduled game at night. It's quite an important game for Gully too. Yeah, yeah. So St. Albans, of course, in that game against Eastern yeah, Lions. And they do need to win that game to sort of just, you know, keep a bit yeah. of a game. And they, 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 had, they had no choice but to, um, but to call this game off, really. There yeah. was a big patch of sand down the touchline on the grandstand side at Churchill pit. Reserve. I mean, the, the linesmen couldn't run on that side, which was one yeah. of the big problems that St. Albans tried to ask the linesman to swap onto the swap onto the other side yeah. so he wasn't using it, but that would have still left a massive yeah. pit of sand. Which that wasn't there when they arrived. There was a big I think there was a big mud pit, but their solution was to put the sand right on top during the game. Which I made think it worse. that's that's second hand information that I'm getting. Yeah. They played the twenty ones game on the second pitch and that game was called off at halftime. So be, pretty much because of the weather, and this is not the fault of St. Albans no, necessarily, um, they couldn't play on either pitch. Mm. Neither of the pitches were up to standard. And the issue is, you know, we're not exactly getting away from winter and rain too soon. Yeah, I, I wonder how quickly that pitch is going to turn around because that's not easy. Maybe they'll just relay some turf, Maybe. but no guarantee. I'll well, be interested to see what happens there. We'll see what happens because St. Albans, I mean, they play Dandenong Thunder this weekend away, so it gives them a better, better week. And Eastern Lions are playing Hume City, which is going to be a really big game, Lockie, because we do know that Hume, on the other hand, after their 2-0 loss against Green Gully, are still only two points clear of Dandy City inside the relegation battle. Greg Gully, on the other hand, though, big three points. They're obviously playing Wollongong United tonight in the Australia Cup, but a good little bit of confidence for them. They've just kind of, you know, solidified their spot for the time being inside yeah. the top six. They've still got that game in hand against Melbourne Knights, but a handy three points. For well, them. and look, it was, a, it was a great performance for them. They got all of their work, all the work that they needed to do done Inside the the opening forty five minutes of this game, and Gianluca Iannucci played really really well. He got the assists for both goals, one off the uh, the corner ball, a little nice little header for for Luke Adams. Good to good to see yep. him uh, him get a goal, and then another assist this time for Josh Hope, mm. who brilliant finish on the edge of the box. Absolutely. Actually, not dissimilar to the goal we saw Luca Tavia score last night. Actually, both kind of the same in the way they blasted it into the top left corner from outside the box. So, yeah, look, with the travel coming up for Gully, they did everything they needed to do. They had the result wrapped up by halftime. They saw out the second 45. I guess the big question for them is now that they travel well to Wollongong tonight mm. uh, or yesterday or three days ago, whenever you're listening to this on the podcast, yeah. if you are listening on podcast. On Wednesday yes. or Tuesday. Um, what kind of team comes back? Because if the evidence of... The weekend showings from Oakley and Avondale or anything to go by. We might see a little, maybe a little slump on the way back. 
No, even if they are playing an Illawarra Premier League side. Potentially, I mean, travel does catch up with teams, and they are taking on Heidelberg. I mean, the beauty is Heidelberg are also playing tonight. It's just that Heidelberg are playing here. Yeah. So that's the big difference, and obviously, but Heidelberg have a much tougher opposition. So maybe Green Gully mm. could maybe, I dare I say it, maybe give a couple of players a bit of a rest. Oh, regardless, you know, it'll be it'll be a colossal. They game they they, they should still get the job done. What a week of foot. This is like there's huge. never been a better. If you've never been to Olympic Village, and I'll hold my hand up and say I'm going there for the first time yep. tonight. That's why we've got to hurry up. Is literally ne- the there has literally <laughs> never been a better week to uh, yep. to go to Olympic Village for the first time. Absolutely. And on the other hand, Hume. I mean, another two losses in a row for them. Uh, just can't get out of this sort of you know rut they're in over these last two games after some positive results, but they're just stuck in that scrap at the moment with Dandy City. Because it's like Dandy City haven't shown anything, especially against Heidelberg, to suggest that they're going to potentially get out unless they beat Avondale. But Hume, on the other hand, just can't seem to build the buffer or put St. Albans or Altona under more uh, sort of pressure as well. Yeah. Um, I, 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 look, I mean, I mean, the caveat to that is that They've played two difficult sides in the sure, past two weeks. Sure. They were super competitive against Heidelberg the week before. That might have taken sure. a bit out of them. But they've got the Eastern Lions coming up. They, they, they have to win that most game. Most important game of the season. Like, yeah. Yes, it would be good to give yourself a, a better chance of solidifying your place in the competition next season by getting an upset win over a bigger team. But even more important than that is winning the games that you should win. They, they, they simply can't afford to drop this result. Throw a scenario at you, Lockie. Imagine this time next week we come in with wins for Hume, Dandy City, and losses for Altona and St. Albans. We could have Dandy City on 20 points, Hume on 22, Altona and St. Albans on 23, heading into the final two games of the season. Could act, I mean, that is... That's going to be a bloody that crazy is, fortnight. would be a remarkable yeah. turn of event. I mean, it's not inconceivable that Altona and St. Albans playing... Greens and Thunder, respectively, could lose both those games. Mm. But if Dandy City do get the upset, oh boy, God, it's it's gonna get tight. Yeah, and I can't believe we're saying that. And one out of those three teams, unfortunately, has to go down. Eastern Lions obviously already down, but one of them has I'm to. I'm actually join them. feeling like a bit sick, a pit in my stomach, yeah. just thinking thinking yeah. about it. I can only imagine what it would be like to be any of those four Absolutely. teams right now. Well, talking about Dandy City, five-one loss at Heidelberg on Sunday. Heidelberg just. Way too good. Uh, just absolutely steamrolled yep. them, especially in the second half yeah. after they opened the scoring. And then from there, too good. Customary win for them. I think they're just in some sensational form at the moment. Their timing their run, in my opinion, at least to perfection. And it bounced back after that slight blemish against Port Melbourne. Two wins on the bounce. Yeah, and good, great for them to be having all these these games at Olympic Village as well to end to Yeah, end well, the they were on the road for a while. They were on the road for, for a while, but I think the next... Three league, games, yeah. including the Australia, or not including the Australia Cup, are at, at home for them because I'm pretty sure the Avondale game is at Olympic Village. Yeah, too, it is. So and Eastern Lions away in the last game. It's like a game. festival of football at, a, at oh, Catalina. I tell Street. you what, that that fan who does running up and down the sidelines, he would be getting the the minute the the, the steps up. He'd be getting the le- the 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 K's into the legs. It's a pinging pedometer. Oh, absolutely! I- I'm looking forward to seeing him in action. Yeah, tonight, um, but... some great performances in this game as well. I thought Kane Shepherd was really good scoring, and uh, a really nice assist for the fifth goal as well. I think. And Owen Ashton. Speaking of assists, oh yeah, three for him in this one. Some brilliant set piece deliveries, and out of nowhere, he'd be. Um, be up there in the assist charts, I would imagine. Yeah, well, Kane Shepard now four goals off Harry Sawyer in the Golden Boot ranking lock. He's only one behind <clears throat> Wade Decker now. 
And you'd back so, him to get at yeah. least one against Avondale too. You'd, you'd back him to maybe score another, maybe a goal a game. I'll tell you, Harry mm. Sawyer, keep it on that, mate. You you got to start, you know, banging in a couple more. Oh, we goals. know that Wade Decker's probably good for one more hat trick. Wade Decker season. could win it in one game. <laughs> he could have like a five ga- goal buffer going into the final yeah. game of the season and do it in one game. Um, on that note about Harry Sawyer, South Melbourne two 0 winners against Altona Lockie. Um, again, just quite a customary win for them. Um, took care of business relatively easily. They will be without Benjiba this week after he was sent off. Mm. Uh, so that's a bit of a disappointment for them. But goals to Langlar and Jake Marshall inside the first half put the game away. And that's a yeah another loss for Altona. But it's another three points for South Melbourne who are now a win away or really two points away two points. from wrapping up the Premiership. Yeah. I mean, they've they've got to get it done against the local... Rival, the sort of battle for uh, the battle of the CBD. Yeah, the the battle of well, just like slightly the, the, outside the battle the of the, the CBD beaches. Who has the better beach, South or Port Melbourne? Yeah, uh, it's not going to be an easy game for no. them for them to win. Uh, I actually wouldn't be surprised if the game ends as a draw. I think Port will mm. make themselves very hard to beat. They're also missing George Mills, of course, because he'll he'll miss mm-hmm. through his red card. But yeah, I mean. They only need two more points to end out the season. They're absolutely going to get it. They will be premiers, if not this week, but the next or the week after. So, And you can't really argue that consistency of results, they don't deserve it. They do deserve it. I mean, they've been brilliant all season. It's been a sensational renaissance. If there's one team that that Melbourne Knights should be taking notes from, it's definitely South Melbourne. And that's now six straight losses. For yeah. Altona Magic, two goals scored in that time. Scoreless on four occasions. Yeah. Ugly. It yeah. is ugly. And Altona, as you mentioned, Bentley Greens, Melbourne Knights, St. Albans in their last three. So two that games. St. Albans could... game could actually end oh, up being really that be important. Huge. That could just be, when I think the, that will be a nil-nil draw. You honestly, do know that. Just <laughs> when I think the rest, the, the old handshake game, just let's relegate Dandy City together. Yeah, nice. <laughs> or relegate Hume or something like yeah. that. Against that last game. Um, but God. yes, so that rounds up last weekend's action of MPL. Obviously, three more games to go. We'll go into the preview in just a second. But Lockie, let's go down a tier. Let's because we, I think, between the two of us, we can both say we have a very strong vested interest in MPL too. Considering your association with Lang Warren, my association with Bulleen, um, we'll talk about the results. But it feels like, in a way, talking about the results is kind of redundant if we don't talk about what we found out yesterday. Yes. Now. We got the word. Scoop. We got we got word from an anonymous source on fr- on Monday night that Pasco Vale would be awarded a win against Brunswick City for an earlier game. Now, I from my understanding, Lockie, it was an administration error from Brunswick City that has essentially handed three points to Pasco Vale in that game. So they've been awarded a three 0 win. Along so with initially that, they had just to confirm they had yep. one point. Yep, it was a draw. Game. Now they've got, got three, four, three. So they get yes. an extra two points on the table. Yes. The other one, which I am yet to confirm exactly the reasons why, Manningham versus Werribee earlier this season, which Manningham won at Petty's Reserve, has now been reversed to a Werribee win. From my understanding, I don't know exactly why. I'm just going to double check. But it, it has a happened. Win. It was a draw. It, yeah, it was a win. So that has now been rewarded a 3-0 win. Initially, Manningham won that game 2-1 only a matter of weeks ago. 
Now, we can only assume that it might be something similar to warrant a similar punishment. We're not going to make entire assumptions and come to any sort of conclusions here. It could be anything, really. But um, when we find out the exacts, we'll bring that to you. But what it has done after the weekend's weekend's action has opened up a massive... We talk about a blockbuster finish to the NPL, the first year of NPL action, but the NPL 2 season, Lockie and Lockie. I've been fantasy booking this ending to this NPL I've two season. I've seen your like and beautiful minding, like a Rain Man. I have handwritten been. I have been. You know, I, I, I'll, I, what I do is lucky. I, I sit down in my study. I start playing Hans Zimmer, just quietly in the background, and I start doing some work because I want to create. Sounds as fun. A, when can I join? Lucky, if you want to join, mate, all you got to do is ask. All I got to say is, mate, all I want to see is I want it to go to the final day and I want to have the top five teams basically all in it to get promoted. And mm. it is possible. Now, I'm not going to run you through the permutations because I don't have my scrapbook with me which all, with all the notes. Probably can pull up the picture I've sent in the group chat many a times. But anyways, in terms of what's done for the table. So, Pasco Vale were on 36 points and in fourth. Now they're third on 38 points, leapfrogging Brunswick Juventus who still have that game in hand against Kingston. But at the other end of the table, Werribee are now on 18 points and are a tie on points. You're right? Yeah, I'm all good. And of course, what it's meant for Brunswick City is they've now fallen back to 18 points. And Manningham have fallen back to 21 points is that we have a four-way tie with teams on 18 points. Lang Warren, Kingston, Brunswick, Werribee. Brunswick are only out of the bottom two on goals scored right now. Kingston are only a goal clear of Werribee, but Lang Warren's much superior goal difference of 11-plus goals has him well and truly out. But Manningham, who are playing spoiler to everyone, Lockie, they've suddenly been thrusted back into the relegation battle. They're only three points clear with three games to go. So it's going to be a blockbuster finish to this season. But looking back at last week's results, which when you put into context, it is a massive, especially for Pasco Vale, it's a massive result because Pasco Vale beat North Geelong, who are first 5-1 at CB Smith Reserve on Saturday night. They absolutely annihilated them. It was an incredible win for them. It's a massive win for their season. Um, You know, uh, Musta Danagic scoring a double. Harris as well hitting the score sheet. Nick Georgopoulos as well. Foster Hasai. And they were down 1-0 through a goal from Salvatore early in the piece. But then from that point on, Alex Kobo's side just put the foot down. They got the job done. They have got a massive three points. When you look at some of the other results with Brunswick, uh, Juventus beating GV Suns 2-0, Moreland City beating Manningham 2-1, and Boleyn beating Werribee City 2-0. Thank bloody God, Werribee, uh, Boleyn finally won a game. Um, it's made things so intriguing heading into this weekend. And because on Monday night, Lockie, Boleyn plays Pasco Vale, which ostensibly, I am not saying Boleyn are out of it just yet. They're eight points off with three games to go. But it's set up for a huge, huge game next Monday night, which for me is by far the game of the round in NPL 2 next week. Mm. Well, it will be the, yeah. uh, the streamed game of the round, yes. if I'm not mistaken, I'll as be well, there. between Paco and FC Bullion Lions. Yeah, I mean, Paco, I've got to win. There's just no other way. There's no other description. They have to win the game. Yes. And, I mean, it's uh, it would still take... There were some murmurings, I guess, with respect to North Geelong Warriors because a 5-1 one one, uh, loss against a team lower than you... Uh, well, everyone's lower than you in the NBL 2 of you, North Geelong. But 
that's going to send some alarm bells. And there was some murmurings that after um, after young uh, Noah Skoko left for to to go overseas yep. uh, and 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 play in Europe that. You know that might cause a bit of difficulty for him because of how good he was at the start of this season. Maybe we're finally starting to see that slip. But they have just been out in front, pretty much running their own race, and all of a sudden they're only four points They're away from actually in, losing yeah. out on the automatic. Well, on just promotion. Yeah, it was on, for one on point, losing. I was thinking they're going to win the league. Yeah, it's it's uh, it is. It's remarkable. So we've, mm. we've gone pretty much from having two teams or three teams looking sort of the most likely to now you could – it's four. Throw it's a blanket four. over you these teams. You could almost yeah. open it up to, to team number five. And then down the other, it was like a three-horse race for that mm. final promotion relegation spot. Of course, Golden Valley already relegated. But we've well, got four, no, not yet. Well, playoff relegation yes, spot. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick. But all of a sudden, that other playoff relegation spot has been blown wide open because they have four teams equal on uh, on eighteen points. It's incredible. Well, yeah, because Kingston Lang Warren's goal of straw on Monday night just kept everyone right in it. And um, yeah, well, they they literally they've played three games since Kingston got relegated. They've, two all, nil all draws, one one all. If you want to watch, if you want to watch a game, game of football in the MPL two, do not watch Kingston Lang Warren. <laughs> Um, Lockie, you at in terms of MPL two, you probably saw the best. You didn't probably you saw the best brace of the weekend. Yeah, I just uh, just quickly, Nick. I just looking at the runs home for those bottom four sides as well. Uh, Lang Warren played Goulburn Valley, Brunswick, Manningham. So that's, that's very that very is handy. huge. They that need is, to beat. They need those to beat are all GB games sides. that they need to win. Uh, for Kingston, not nearly as easy. They do play Goulburn Valley Suns in two weeks' time, but either side of that, North Geelong and FC Bulling Lions on the yeah. final day. Tough for them. Brunswick City uh, play Brunswick Juventus, Lang Warren, Goulburn Valley Suns. So that Lang Warren game is going to be crucial for those two. The one game actually, so you're missing with Kingston, is they going to play Brunswick Juventus as well? Yes, that's game in true. Hand, yes. That's true. They've got the game in hand. And then for Werribee, gee, it's tough. Uh, Moreland City, Northcote City, Brunswick Juventus to close out the season. Oh. So I would still say that Werribee are the most likely team to finish. But it could be so unlucky for in them. that last yeah. spot in the bottom two. But it's 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 anyone's anyone's game. But yes, uh, as you, you were, were saying, at the Buna before, special. I was at the Jonathan Boona show down at Dunstan Reserve on Saturday afternoon. Such a a strange game because Brunswick were actually really competitive in this yeah. fixture. They had a lot of really promising signs with the ball at their feet, but just not enough cut through. They were missing their equal top goal scorer before kickoff, which was Lucas Oliveira, a sort of focal point as a striker. And I think without him, they just really lacked cut through when they got into that final third. Like possession mm. and pretty passing between the penalty boxes is all well and good, but you've got to provide something up sure. to the other end. And they just didn't do that. Meanwhile, Jonathan Bonus was just creating them out of thin air uh, right before the halftime. In a half, by the way, that Northcote was second best. And I think Andy Schoolos would a- admit that if we if we spoke to him now. Mm. Uh, Jonathan Bonus just whips out this free kick on the edge of the box, but sort of like at the apex of the box on the yeah. left-hand side. So on a tight angle, I think it takes a deflection on the way through. But it is undoubtedly his goal past Jordan Gifkins. And then, not satisfied with scoring directly from a free kick, 75 minutes into the game, it was a contested header, I think, between uh, Costa Apostolopoulos and a Brunswick player. And it just bounces in front of Jonathan Bunis, about 35 yards from goal. And, you know, when you've watched enough football, Nick, you you develop that sixth sense where you're like, he's going to hit that. Yeah. 
And boy, did he hit that. Uh, Jonathan Bunas with the outside of the boot from 30 yards, hits it on the half volley. It's such a weird goal because it's not, he didn't strike it hard. He didn't hit it direct or anything. It was kind of a, a hit and hope. It was yeah. a big looping, like up and under kind of half and he volley. Hit it perfectly. And Jordan Gifkins, to be fair, the keeping wasn't great from Jordan Gifkins. He kind of let it go through his mm. arms, but I think he was deceived. I don't think he was expecting it to dip as much as it did. And he flapped at it, but Jonathan Bunas had the last laugh. He made it 2-0. Uh, Jesse Macaroonis made stoppage time interesting. Finally, Brunswick got a breakthrough with really their only good penalty box chance mm. in the game uh, on the 90th minute. Jesse Macaroonis scoring his seventh of the season. But, yeah, Brunswick had dominance in terms of possession play, but they just didn't have enough cut and thrust to win the game. And, as I said, on the other end, Bunas was just... Oh, was that, Pulling goals out of his rear end. It was a end. very happy was edition remarkable. of Cotsy's corner this week. And also shout out to uh, Jonathan Brutus' celebration for his first goal where he ran over to celebrate with interim manager Andy Skoulos. He now has three straight wins to start his tenure and the ground gave way beneath his feet. So he slide tackled <laughs> his own manager. Well, he's a big boy, Jonathan Brutus. And right now, Northcote, they've had a good end to this season. As you mentioned, three wins under their new boss. Only two points behind Bulleen. So a very positive end to the year for them. Yeah, they, they could end up on. finishing ahead of Bulleen, which is yeah, crazy to think which about. which is unbelievable considering Bulleen. Yeah, beat them 7-1. Yeah, 7-1. Yeah, so this weekend in NPL to Lockie, it all kicks off on Friday night. Double header, Brunswick Derby. Brunswick Juventus versus Brunswick City. Real implications at both ends of the table. Wouldn't North- have been saying that three months ago. Oh, yeah. It's going to be the Brunswick Derby. Yeah, the Brunswick bit, Derby. The uh, Northcote City versus Manningham as well at John K. Memorial Park. Saturday, North Geelong versus Kingston. Massive game at both ends of the table. Lang Warren versus JV Suns, which you'll be calling down I at will. Walton Park on uh, yep. Langy TV at 3 p.m. I will. Yes, 3 p.m. kickoff. I'll Massive be there game. by myself, speaking <laughs> myself. So please do come and join me. Ask me yeah. a few questions. Come say hello. Uh, and then down at Well Money Park, a game as well. Real implications at both ends. Moreland City versus Werribee because Moreland City's target on their back is getting bigger and bigger right now. And they're under enormous pressure taking yeah, on even, Werribee even City. Even if they win, they're not 100% safe no. because Brunswick have still got to play that game well, in hand. a draw even this game would make things very interesting because if Moreland City do win, well, that will mean the end of Boleyn's promotion hopes. But if, if, if... Werribee could beat Moreland City or at least hold them to a draw. It'll keep Bulleen alive for one more week. Oh, Nick, the shifting permutations are just melting my yeah, brain. Yeah, so Bulleen take on Pasco Vale on Monday night. That's the game of the round on MPL.tv. I will be there, so come say hello. Give us a wave. I'll be in the box. Just a, a nice little salute. Devano, give us a wave. Devano, Devano, <laughs> give us a wave. Maybe I'll give you a shout-out through the PA. We'll see how we go. But, yeah, Bulleen versus Pasco Vale. Monday night, that's the game of the round on MPL.tv. Lockie, let's go to MPL 3 because we have our first promoted team locked in. Melbourne City's Youth Academy are up. They have locked themselves in MPL 2 for the next season. They could be one of four teams potentially promoted. because yes, the top two automatic third and fourth get yes. the playoff. So they won 4-2 at Whittlesea, which actually relegated Whittlesea in the Down process. The state so leagues. Epping to... Stadium, a state league one venue. Yep, yep. And Can potentially a state it. two venue as well if Melbourne Victory get promoted. But anyways. MPL 2. But MPL yes, 2, sorry, yes. sorry. Melbourne City won 4-2. So they've locked themselves as one of the teams and, and could be joined in a matter of days with... Well, by Preston Lions, who are now only up two points away from sealing their promotion 
as the second highest or potentially the first highest team in NPL3 because... Yeah, they pretty much have a NPL3 grand final this This Friday. weekend, yes, down at Frank. They've had to take it away from Parade College. It's too big for Parade College. Who would have thought? They're taking it to Frank Hollaham Reserve on Friday night, the home of Dandy City. Shout out to Melbourne City recognising the box office level of yes, this. Yes, because you do venue. know that the Preston fans are going to rock up in numbers oh, for Frank this Frank Hollahan is going to look so good, good with Preston travelling Oh, Absolutely, and we're going to have our, one of our former alum, Josh Parrish, on the call on Friday night on Preston's homepage. But that's going to be an absolute ripper. Preston wins. They will go top of the league with two games to go. But right now, they're eight points oh, clear of Melbourne point, victory. Yeah. Uh, they defeated Western United on Friday night. Talking about a great atmosphere, Lockie. It was heaving down at BT Connor Reserve. Josh Parrish and Norm Sekolovsky on the call that game. Uh, really good job. The two of them, Connor Bell, again scoring. He's in some form right now. And it got a bit tense towards the end there, Lockie, when Gore scored the penalty. But they were able to hang on. And the, I believe, 2,500 fans or so that were at BT yeah. Connor Reserve went home very, very happy. And you know what, Nick? It's it's probably a discussion point for an end-of-season episode of this podcast. But, gee, it's funny to think that at the start of this season, so much of the conversation around Preston and potential national second division, all that sort of stuff, was like, can we let them in from the MPL 3? Like, is it going to kick up a stink with the teams at the top club? I would almost say that they have made... The best, the most compelling, yeah. even from the MPL three, have made the most compelling case of any mm. club, not just in this state, but probably in the country. Absolutely, the support has been literally nowhere else does that. And I think mm. it was Teo Pelizzeri who said when he was tweeting about a, a photo of the crowd, if every national second division game can be like that or close to that, I can't see how it doesn't work. Yeah, absolutely, big big. It makes it, it, Preston actually make you excited for what's to come. Oh, absolutely. It's Not great. fearful. Like they they energize me. They rev me up. And yeah. they could be a national team. They could be an MPL two team. We shall see. Well, it's going to be interesting way. to see what happens with that. Yeah. Well, either way, because I mean, if it's a if it's the Champions League format, they well, might like, be both. Say, say, and yeah, and say Werribee City go down. Like, do they do Preston field an MPL two side and a national side? Do Werribee get a reprieve if they go down? They get to come back up? <laughs> well, who knows? I don't know, but I'm glad we're having these issues. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be really exciting. Um, I'm I'm honestly can't wait to see what happens on Friday, Lockie, because Preston versus Melbourne City is going to be a ripper. So keep an eye on that contest. It's going to be live on Preston's Facebook page. So head over to that on Friday nights, mm-hmm. or maybe even if you want, get down there yourself. So if you are in the southeast or... You just want to make a make a trip down I mean, it, to Frank it's, Hollihan? It's literally the best of both worlds because you get the Frank Hollihan canteen. The best And you get up. the Preston crowd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything. It's like about- if I was at fantasy booking like the ultimate NPL experience. Like yeah. I was taking someone I'm on a, a paid I'm, tour. I'm kind of upset I can't go even though I'm celebrating my own birthday it's on like Friday. It's like picking an all-star team but <laughs> yeah. for the off-field element. Exactly. Um, so just in terms of the other games, Melbourne Victory, 3-0 winners against Ballarat City. North Sunshine, 3-0 winners against Doveton and Nunna Whiting, 1-1 against Box Hill. Geelong versus Springvale actually got washed out. So that game's going to be played on the 6th of August. So how that leaves things, Lockie, Victory on 35 points, West United on 32, and still alive for one of those final spots in the top four, Lockie. None are wanting three points behind Western United. North Sunshine only six points behind. They're putting a bit of a late push on uh, the guys from North Sunshine, so that's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on. But next week 
along with City versus Preston, Preston Lions, or not really next week, it's this week, uh, Box Hill versus Whittlesea on Friday night as well, Springvale taking on Nunawaning City, Melbourne Victory against North Sunshine Eagles on Saturday. Down Stream at, game as well. Yep, that's on NPL.tv, Game of the Week. Well, not really the Game of the Week, but it's the quote-unquote Game of the Week. Doveton versus Geelong and Western United versus Ballarat City. Permutations for third, fourth, but also for the relegation battle as Ballarat City and, Ge- and Springvale are kind of in a bit of a tussle mm. for that last well, spot. Well, and Springvale have got the yeah. game in hand now against Geelong, who aren't so, that far away either. That's, that's going to be a big one. I'm going to do a bit quick quick rabbit hole search here because I actually have to – I want to have a look at who's going to be coming up to MPL 3 next season. So who's actually going to be – so will they go to northwest or northeast? What's the – what's the because it's like – because, you know, you've got the, the – the state leagues are, are separate. So it'll be yeah, but the MPLs aren't. So I think northwest or southeast. Would it not be one from the top of each conference? I or think they it'll play be off? yeah, but I think it'll be northwest. That's where Whittlesea will go. Oh yeah, yeah. So no, of course, of course. In northwest, just in terms of who's com- potentially coming up, uh, Caroline Springs, George Cross are first, five points clear of Essendon Royals, and you got Sydenham Park, Banyul, and Brimbank. Sort of in a bit of a tussle, but Carolina Springs have got that bit of a gap mm. at the moment. Whereas so I'm think, pretty sure that Southeast is is going down to the line. Oh yeah, Mornington, oh, Malvern, yeah. yep, uh, Borundara, Borundara, Bo yes. Morris, Bo uh, Morris South Springvale, Fitzroy. So 41 points, Malvern, 40 points, Borundara, 36 points, uh, Bo-, Bo Morris, Mornington, and Springvale, and 35 is Fitzroy City, and in 30 points is Casey Comets, and in last place, Maznot are on zero. Yeah, well, that's that, that, that shows that. I thought Golden Valley Suns were having a tough <laughs> season. Jeez, Richmond, was... Richmond, have only won one game in State League One. That's a real fall from grace. Um, Lockie, we're almost out of time. We're going to get to Olympic Village because yes. that game's kicking off quite soon. Let's do our predictions. Third, last, third last round of NPL action. Can't believe we're saying that. And Where obviously, does the time go. Yeah, we're going to have the Doherty Cup the week after, and Nike FC Cup, and a couple catch-up games before we go into the last fortnight. So let's get into our predictions. Friday night at Jack Edwards Reserve, 8.30 p.m. Oakley versus Melbourne Knights. New coach bounce, or will we see Oakley get back to winning ways? Oh, God, this is a tough one because I am someone who does skew towards the the post-managerial like bounce, bounce getting yeah. a surprising result. I really want to say a draw, mm. but I think Oakley have been so even even a week in Oakley, they've been so dominant against Knights mm. in the games they've played each other in this season. I think the Cannons have got a win. Yeah, but I'm I wouldn't going. be shocked if there's a draw here. Three one Oakley. Okay, I'll go. I'll go two one, two one. Okay, same scoreline as uh, last time they played. Eastern Lions, Hume City, Saturday afternoon at Gardner's Creek. Will Eastern Lions finally get a point at home? I'm going Hume City nah. two two nil. Two one Hume City. Okay. Okay. Saturday afternoon football, straight afterwards at 4.45, Dandy City versus Avondale. I'm, I'm actually giving myself a migraine trying to like I, I'm do going, the mental gymnastics. I'm going 2-2 two, two with this one. I reckon Dandy City gets something from this game. Oh. But they're without Steven Sapalovic. That's what I just remembered. He's suspended. If you're not listening on the podcast, just, you need to go back and watch the stream and just see the consternation that has just consumed my I, face I'm, as I try to predict I'm these I'm going games. still a 2-2, two, two, even without Tapalovic. Oh, I, I just think Avondale are going to respond. Like, I think okay. they're going to be okay. pissed off. 3-1 uh, Okay, Avondale. Port Melbourne, South Melbourne, JL Murphy Reserve. I am going a 2-2 two, two draw. 
This is without a doubt the hardest week of yeah. predictions I've ever had to do. Usually I'm so like sure, yeah. so like bang, bang, bang. Uh, one all. Okay. Saturday nights down at Paisley Park, Altona Bentley. I'm going Bentley one nil. Just easy one nil. Gee, this is a, this is a tough one as well because last uh, like uh, yes, Altona have been really bad, but last time Altona absolutely snuffed out the Greens. Mm. Nil all draw. Greens looked a mile off it. This time I say they win one nil. Dan, what, Bentley or Altona? Bentley. I was going to say. No, no, Bentley, da- Dandy Bentley. Thunder versus St. Albans Saturday night down at George Andrews. I'm going Dandy Thunder 2-0. Keep their final hopes alive for another week. Thunder 3-1, red cards for both sides. Okay, okay. Sunday afternoon. Now, this is a tough one. Heidelberg oh, versus Green Gully. I'm going a 2 draw. I've made this prediction a lot. I think my last three predictions have all been 3-2 Heidelberg for games involving yeah. Heidelberg. I'm backing it in again. I got it three right two. one time. I've got to be right a second. 3-2 Heidelberg over the, the gully. Okay. Okay. Well, big call there, Lockie. I'm, I'm curious to see how it all works out this weekend. It's going to be a massive weekend in all three tiers. And we'll be back next week, back on Tuesday, I believe. Sure. Let's do Tuesday. Let's do Tuesday. Let's do Tuesday. Let's, let's see. This is our uh, our pre-show meeting. You get it live here on the show. That's Obviously, that usually in most other podcasts, that'd be a Patreon exclusive. Here, we give you the uh, the green room talk for free. Yeah. Well, obviously, uh, the big thing is. Obviously, this week we, we waited until Wednesday because we want to find out who won the twenty twenty one bespoke premiership. So here we are. We brought it to you a little bit later, but better late than never. Yes. But Lockie, time for us to say goodbye. Time for us to get out to Heidelberg. Can't yes. wait for that one. We'll be back next Tuesday for a review of all the action and a preview of the Doherty Cup final as well. Big weekend coming up and then into the big fortnight coming up after that. And Lockie, finals are around the corner. I can feel it in the air, that that nice smell of spring. I think that's the fireworks smoke from uh, Jack Edwards. So it they're celebrating is. the 2021 title. Is. I think I can see Aki Yoronis on top of the bus as it comes into Docklands. But anyway, it's time for us to go. We'll be back next week here on FNR Football Nation Radio.